God, do you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Stay okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickly Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. Now that I like, that's very catchy. Your voice is very nice on that one. That's nice. March 5th, 1937. Where are you going to be then? (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Burroughs, son of George and Esther Sunshine Burroughs, was born in Queens, New York. Okay. In his high school... His IQ was measured at 154. Okay. His grades at John Adams High School ranged from 85 to 95 in most subjects. In adolescence, he became intense, even fairly hysterical, playing every game as if his life depended on it, breaking into a sweat if he feared he was losing. His classmates mocked him constantly. He was always getting into fights. He talked compulsively of his desire to enter West Point, and filled his notebooks with sketches of soldiers and tanks. Well, I got a bad feeling. <laughs> he even enlisted in the National Guard while he was still in high school, wearing his uniform to class on drill days. Oh, well, that must have stopped the mockery. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a uniform to make the kids nice. In his junior year of high school, he began filling his notebooks with drawings of German tanks and papering his bedroom walls with photographs of German generals. Good. These, like, are, these yeah. are the heroes you want on your walls. Yeah, like that's what most kids did. That's what you want to look in, up to. In, in 1950. The real deal. Just after the... Just after the They're the, hot then. They're yeah. hot still. Hey, the Germans are okay, right? Yeah. Hey, is it just me or was Germany right on? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Anybody? He never applied for West Point. Instead, after graduation in 1955, he enlisted in the Army. He told one friend that if he couldn't become a soldier, he had nothing left to live for. <laughs> Lighten up. Yeah. Hey, hey, take it easy. <laughs> he sounds like an army commercial. <laughs> Burroughs was a terrible paratrooper. He was overweight, poorly coordinated, and slow. He wore thick lens glasses that made his eyes look larger than they were. Oh, so what? I don't know so why he was picked on. Yeah, So, and also, if he's so serious about this, why is he overweight? Thank you. If he's such like a super, like, this is the only thing I could do. It's either this or I die. Ooh, fries. Do you think Hitler would like your big, fat, yeah. weird, glassy Hit- face? Hitler, yeah, what would Hitler do with you? <clears throat> Take a shower. Uh, the other enlisted guys in the barracks laughed at him. He had no friends, and after a short time, he tried to commit suicide three times. First, he made a few shallow razor cuts on his wrist. So, all right, if I may. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Cry, for, cry for help. Cry cuts. for help. Quit Not picking up. Quit picking on me. Oh, man. Look at this. I tried to slip my wrist. You can see it's a little red and irritated right there. <laughs> you can see a little blood if you look close. I want out. I, I tried to scrape myself to death. Yeah, I used a spoon. It didn't go through. Uh, next was an overdose of aspirin. I mean, look, I don't want to nitpick these attempts. <laughs> But he's really going with the ones that are cries for help. Hey, my headache's gone. Am I dead? <laughs> I took nine aspirin. Whoa, my tummy. <clears throat> Finally, he tried the razor on the wrist again. But again, too shallow. Uh, he just, just tried. It's hard to do. Yeah, it it's is. It's hard to do. It's hard to know where the blood is. It's not an easy thing to do. 
He did, however, leave a suicide note praising Adolf Hitler. Well, <laughs> that's when you really want to make sure these are deep cuts. Because if you leave that behind... In the army. Yeah, no, worse... Yeah, okay, so... So... That's a hard thing to do. Hard to come back from that. Uh, I was kidding. The, the, the army discharged him by reasons of unsuitability, character, and behavior disorder. And because, you know, Hitler. Yeah. yeah. Bruce returned home in uh, 1958 and worked as a printer at the Queensboro Public Library. He was considered a focused and conscientious employee, but there was just one drawback. He talked nonstop about his admiration for Hitler and his <laughs> hatred of the Jews. Anyway, where's nonfiction? Uh, Hitler was great. You know, you want some real nonfiction. I'll Where? give you a little nonfiction story. Uh, Hitler was awesome. Where, where's uh, nonfiction? Where's Nazi fiction? No, non, uh, non, I'm non, actually non, writing some Nazi non, fiction. Nonfiction. 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 You know, I think, let me answer your question with a question. Wasn't Hitler a good looking guy? Um, you know what I mean? I, I just, I'm looking for Moby Dick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all. Do you want to read Mein Kampf? No. That's a lot like Moby Dick, except the whales Jews. <laughs> um, so. Sorry. I'm okay with it. Uh, his parents... Uh, what, uh, his parents knew about his what he was doing, and they prayed it would go away. In his spare time, Burroughs operated the one-man American National Socialist Party from a post office box in South Ozone Park. He rubber-stamped swastikas onto his letters and distributed flyers such as, There's nothing wrong with America that a pogrom wouldn't cure. He preached that the Jews must suffer and suffer and suffer. And suffer and suffer. And, <laughs> and there's a little more on this other page here. And then, oh, uh, back page says a little bit more suffering. Suffering. Well, um, good. As long as he's stamping, as long as he's stamping the swastika, that's good. In 1960, Burroughs moved to Arlington, Virginia. He lived at the headquarters of the American Nazi Party. He swore an oath and loyalty to Adolf Hitler and to George Lincoln Rockwell, the American leader of the Nazi Party. That was around 10 years after his bar mitzvah. <laughs> well, well, well. When he'd become a man, <laughs> assumed a man's responsibilities. Wow. Did, did I not mention that he was Jewish? No, I think that's the first mention of it. Not only Jewish, a bar mitzvah Jew. <laughs> so like a practicing Jew. Yeah, uh, he went to a Hebrew school in Queens, in a Queens synagogue, and his teacher, Moses Skyas, said Burroughs was a star pupil. His grandfather, Avram Burroughs, has a memorial tablet uh, at, at the Congregation Sons of Israel in Queens. So, <clears throat> so not only was he a Jew, he was a real deal Jew. He's a terrible Jew. He's a bad Jew, but at, bad the Jew. but at a time, he was a real deal Holyfield Jew. Anywho. Um, Any Jew. Betty... <laughs> Burroughs' fanaticism and skill as a printer quickly raised him from the ranks of the Nazi party, up the ranks. He became the party's national secretary, its third highest office. Wow. He received the party merit medal. He was arrested four times for disorderly conduct and received a suspended sentence for vandalizing the Anti-Defamation League. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so that, so he's good. He's terrible, Jew. He's, he's, he's the worst he's a good Jew, Jew ever. Yeah. 
He often carried a little bar of soap wrapped in green paper bearing the German words meaning made from the finest Jew fat. Oh, my God. But not my grandfather. Yeah. Also, is that a thing you want in your soap? <laughs> is there an advantage? I mean, I know Irish spring. That's not made from the, the fat of the Irish, I'm assuming. <laughs> Uh, within 18 months, Burroughs began doubting Rockwell's destiny. I guess he was not as good at leading the Nazi uh, American Nazi party as, as Burroughs thought he would be. Yeah. At the same time, his Jewish heritage was suspected by a number of fellow American Nazi party members. Many of the stormtroopers distrusted Burroughs for n- not only being Jewish, but also a self-hating Jew. So they were on to him. Well, but what... <laughs> We think you're self-hating. Well, if I am a Jew, I am self-hating. I am here. I don't that think there's a huge I mean, revelation I'm, in that. Uh, third from the top. Yeah. So You just keep saying oi all the time. Oi, I know. Uh, nothing. Well. Uh-oh. His bizarre behavior was what <laughs> was led just... them to... Burroughs would sometimes bring Knish. Is it Knish? Knish, yeah. It is Knish, right? <laughs> He's bringing whom and Tasha to the meetings? Burroughs would sometimes bring Knish to the uh, American Nazi Party headquarters and make, make such statements as, Let's eat this good Jew food! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. This is, uh, this is interesting. Burroughs often frequently spent time with Jewish women. <laughs> What the fuck is he? I hate the Jews. You want to go out on a date? <laughs> Let's get some Kanish. You have beautiful, you're beautiful, a lot of chutzpah. Uh, on November 5th, 1961, Burroughs slipped out a window and returned home. Mom, Dad, I'm back. Gonna, Sorry about all that. Gonna kill you because you're a Jew and me. Also, how is everything? Been a while. Burroughs got a job at the Manhattan Printing Company. He then joined other dissident Nazis in founding the American National Party. It published Kill Magazine. Ah, oh, I love Kill. From its headquarters. I love Kill. Have you read this article about killing? Yeah, and Kill? Yep. They have the best killing articles. Oh, page two, Killing. Ah, oh, I love Kill. Burroughs signed his first editorial, The Importance of Killing, <laughs> and called on the white race to kill, 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 build a mountain of corpses of traitors, from which you can glimpse the great future. You do uh, need a mountain of traders to see the future. Uh, I've always said that. Oddly, the magazine was not a big hit. What, Kill wasn't? Surprising it did not get up there with time, as far <laughs> as readership goes. Man of the year. Kill's man of the year. Honey, I, I ordered you the new Kill. Oh, my God. Uh, Where's the new Kill? <laughs> they have the best cartoons in Kill. Uh, the magazine folded within a year. Literally. The squat, blue-eyed, and crew-cut blonde hair, uh, Burroughs, then hung out in Yorkville on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Yorkville was a center of New York Germans' community, the New York's German community, and was a mecca for the extreme right. Burroughs then joined the National Renaissance Party. I mean, how many uh, fucking are these? Is he getting merit badges? There's so many of these parties. Uh, A local fascist link with links to Arab regimes and South American Nazi exiles. Again, Burroughs was dissatisfied. James Madell, the NRP's anemic asthmatic, asthmatic leader, <laughs> didn't favor killing all Jews. I mean, what the fuck? No, he what wanted. What are we here for? Trap and release. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
I mean, this is why I've been wanting to kill Jews since my bar mitzvah. What are we doing here? And we have little rubber pads that the Jews will walk on and their feet will get stuck and then we'll release them back in the Jewish communities. <laughs> That's not why we're here. Well, they won't take the cheese. What do you want from us? I think you're thinking of mice. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I get Jews and mice confused all the time. In July 1963, the Congress for Racial Equality demonstrated against White Castle diners, claiming they discriminated against hiring blacks. Naturally, the extreme right counter-demonstrated, calling the protesters niggers and coons. Well, they both have good points. <laughs> I think... They both make very interesting they arguments. They do. On July 13, 1963, about a half dozen NRP supporters drove to a core demonstration at White Castle in the Bronx. One of Madol's men shouted, let's get out of here. It smells like a zoo. Another roared, what do you expect when there's nothing but niggers? So this isn't going to go well. It's, co- it's cool. That's cool. They're good people. Listen, it's, I mean, you know, it's. You shouldn't be able to think any race can just eat a piece of shit burger. (laughs) It's not just for anybody. A picketer attacked them. The cops broke it up. This is my favorite part. Then three NRP men drove to the nearest precinct and complained that the demonstrators had assaulted them. Oh, my God. So they're like just pure bitch. Yeah. Just 100% bitch. They get to run around using the words. And if someone attacks them. Ow! Ow! They hit me! Ow! At that point, the detective noticed a fully loaded 22 caliber revolver, loaded tear gas guns, crossbow loaded with a steel-tipped arrow, a butcher knife, switchblade, straight razor, and an axe in their truck. So, um, uh... No, officer, that's just for Jews. Um, well, that's because he hurt our feelings. <laughs> so we had to go get those. Cause these guys are so mean after we call them the N-word. And wouldn't let them eat White Castle. Everyone in the truck was arrested. Madola and Burroughs were picked up later that day. In May 1964, a jury convicted Burroughs of conspiracy, riot, and firearm possession. His family bailed him out pending his appeal. Cool. Now Burroughs thought Madola was full of shit, so he quit the NRP. Ah. He's out. Why? It seemed to be going so well. It's so hard to find a decent right-wing murder group. It's you know not I mean? easy. Well, it's... you want to make sure you, if you're going to hit your wagon one, you want to make sure yeah. it's the right one. Right? Yeah, you just, because then you'll find yourself in some of these rallies, you know, and your heart's not going to be in it. No, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing here. You don't want to, you, listen, if you, hate more? if you really want to be passionate about your racism and find right. the right family, yeah. That's, that's what we're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. He briefly published The Free American, The Battle Organ of Racial Fascism, which he dated YF76. YF meant Year of the Fuhrer and counted from the birth of Hitler. Oh, my God. Hard got to to make plans with, too. Were you doing regular calendar or fear months? LC in 84. (laughs) What? 84. 84. No, it's it's the 60s. See, in 84. What? What's happening? Hitler. Okay. I The new Hitler calendar. Did you get your Hitler calendar? Happy I Hi- sent you a Hitler calendar. I got you this card for your birthday. It's not my birthday. It is in fear years. <laughs> it is in fear years. Today's your birthday. Yeah, I'm following the Hitler calendar. It's catching on. It's, it's catching totally on. It's catching on. A lot of people are into it. Hallmark's making a Hitler calendar. Oh, Hallmark's all over it. They're loving it. 
In early 1965, he attended a revival of D.W. Griffith's The Birth of a Nation at the oh, Museum of good. Modern Art. Good. It inspired him. <laughs> As, and who hasn't been inspired by that film? <laughs> My lord. He resumed an acquaintance with Roy Frankenhauser, a one-eyed grand dragon of Pennsylvania, who introduced him... Yeah. Yeah, one-eyed. Yeah, one-eyed, a one-eyed dragon. He introduced him a to... A penis. <laughs> He introduced him to Robert Shelton, the Imperial Wizard. A no-eared wizard. (laughs) Shelton almost immediately appointed Burroughs the Grand Dragon of New York, ruler of several dozen clansmen, organized two claverns, one in Yorkville and another on the waterfront. In 1965, the House Committee on Un-American Activities subpoenaed Shelton and identified Burroughs and other clansmen. This made the papers. Burroughs was fired from his job. The stories were also noticed by a government agent who, having investigated Burroughs, knew his parents were Jewish. He concluded Burroughs could be stopped only by his exposure as a Jew and telephoned a friend who knew someone at the New York Times. There we go. Out the Jew. A Jewish Klansman who was the Grand Dragon of New York State seemed like it would be a big news yeah. story. For, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. That seems like that, that's good. That's a good story. It's TMZ a good, would be all of yes, that shit. Yes, for sure. Yeah. The editors assigned the story to John McClandish Phillips on Friday, October 22nd, 1965. Phillips tracked down Esther and George. They wouldn't talk. Over the next week, the paper tracked Bro's life from high school through the army to fringe groups and magazines. They found the record of his parents' marriage, which was a Jewish ceremony. Yeah. Mazel tov! Burroughs asked, or Phillips asked Burroughs for an interview, and he agreed. They met, they met in a luncheonette near Lefferts Boulevard in Queens, a little before 9 a.m. on October 29, 1965. They went over the Klansman's education, his jobs, his military career. Uh, he must have been loving it. He's yep. like, yeah, it's cool to finally get a profile on me. I really have been killing it. <laughs> then Phillips asked Daniel Burroughs how he had become a Nazi. The 20-year-old Burroughs talked about his admiration of the Third Reich and his hatred of the Jews, gloating that their purge in the United States would be far more violent than it had been in a civilized and highly cultured country like Germany. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they were, uh, they didn't really go too, they didn't go far enough, in my opinion. <laughs> Could be. Should have been much more horrible. I have notes. I have notes. Uh, Yeah. What the what the Germans did was really highly civilized. They were just and cultured. Ca- they were a little too cultured about it. I think we should be more barbaric, <laughs> you know, than killing an entire race, six million yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't done well. That's all I'm saying. The conversation continued until Phillips murmured, "Your parents are married by uh, in a your parents are married in a Jewish ceremony." In the you Bronx. shut your fucking mouth. That was when the interview ended. Burroughs threatened to kill Phillips in the luncheonette. The reporter called for the check. That's that's always the order to go in. I'm going to kill you. Can we just get the check? Can we get the check? Uh, Whenever I'm sorry, I know you're in the middle uh, of something. Uh, I'm done with my uh, my Jew sandwich. I'll take a doggy bag, and I don't know about Jew, but uh... <laughs> they stepped outside, and Burroughs threatened to kill Phillips again. The Times reporter, a devout and evangelical, replied. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. 
Okay, so I don't like either one of them right now. Yeah, I mean, it's like, hard that's to... what you say to a guy. Kill you, fucking quote some scripture bullshit. Well, at least, at least if you're an evangelical, you're at least consistent. <laughs> the idea of being a KKK Jew, it's uh, that's a hard one. Not that I'm on the side of evangelicals. Do you- <laughs> be very clear. <clears throat> Burroughs said he was trapped. He couldn't change and liked his life. God damn it. I've got a good thing going here. You shut up. I've got an awesome life. Shut your Jew mouth. Uh, then they shook hands and Burroughs waddled away. Great to meet you. Sad. Uh, the next day, Saturday, October 30th, Times reporters confirmed that Burroughs had been bar mitzvah at Talmud Torah. The, that's my favorite place to be mitzvah. It's a good. It's, it's a good, the best. It's a good one. On Sunday, October 31st, 1965, Dan Burroughs was at Frankenhauer's residence in Reading, Pennsylvania. He went out early to buy the New York Times and apparently returned without reading it. Okay. So. Okay, hold on. So you go. So your whole life, you're, you're a Jewish guy. You've joined the Klan. Yes. You're, now you're one of the top dogs. Yes. You're grand dragon. You're yes. dragoning the shit out of it. Yeah. Right? You're breathing fire. You're flapping your fucking you're dragon friends wings. You're with a wizard and a guy with one eye. Right? Things are good. Things are odd. You're basically the hobbit at yes. this point. And then a reporter comes and uh-huh. says, hey, I know you're a Jew. And you've threatened to kill this you're reporter. You're to kill him. And then... A couple of days later, you go to buy the paper. Yes. And you go back to your Klansman's buddy's house. Yes. And you don't read the fucking paper. Right. You just... Weird choice. <laughs> weird, weird call. <laughs> he then looked at the front page and gasped. Oh, my God. That's me. What the fuck is his problem? I'm front paging it. I want to save this for home. Burroughs then ran upstairs with Frankenhauser and several other Klansmen behind him. He dashed into Frankenhauser's bedroom, grabbed a 32 caliber revolver from the bureau, and turned to his friends. He said, I've got nothing left to live for, and fired into his own chest. Ah! Frankenhauser's girlfriend screamed. Then Burroughs, still standing, said... This'll do it, and raised the gun to his head and pulled the trigger. His last words were, this'll do it? (laughs) I definitely want those to be my last words. This'll do it! Frankenhauser called uh, the reading police, and the coroner pronounced Burroughs dead. The reading police called... From what? The reading police called the NYPD. The NYPD called George and Esther Burroughs. They caught a late bus, missed a connection in Philadelphia, and sat up all night at the terminal. They arrived at reading the next morning. On the way to the hospital to identify the body, Esther said over and over, He was such a good boy. Mm. Well, I... Was. Okay, was. I'm going to dispute that. He was a because good boy. Because of him being a Jew and wanting to kill all Jews. That's when he became a bad man. He was a good boy. He became a bad man. In a press conference, a morose George Lincoln Rockwell praised Burroughs' dedication. I mean, for a Jew. I will say. He was awesome. I'm glad he's dead. But, but there's a special place for that Jew in my heart. I mean, he had a bit of a handicap from the my get-go. My black heart, which I also hate. <laughs> the race of my heart. 
He took the opportunity to rail against Jews, who he referred to <laughs> as... Which leads me to Jews in general, who are just pieces of garbage. Am I right? Uh, whom he referred to as a unique people with a distinct mass of mental disorders. <laughs> and ascribed Burroughs' instability and suicide to this unfortunate Jewish psychosis. That's uh, a shame. You know what? He could have been one of the best. He could have been one of the best Jew haters, except... He had a Jew problematically, brain. Problematically, he had a Jew brain. He had a Jew brain. So... Problem. I mean... Right there. You know, we're in the rabbit hole. He was one of the good ones. Despite the fact that Burroughs was a Jew and distrusted by his fellow stormtroopers, Rockwell had wished to maintain at least a working relationship with him. Sweet. It's really, it's really sweet. It's a good story. It's a good story. I do like how, uh, as it, it seems just like the history of man is always based around groups, ju- just despising groups for... No real no reason. reason at all. None. And it just continues forever. I would I would imagine that he his Jewish hatred came hatred came from being picked on in school. Yeah. At a Jewish school, so he decided that all well, Jews even, were bad. Well, even I've known like Jews who are like I'm almost anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, because, I know. Yeah, I've you know, there's people who are Jews who are just like yeah. they they're so they're annoyed by by their their fellow Jews. Yes. But never to the point of where you're to kill them all? being like, get rid of them. <laughs> get rid of me. I mean, what? It, I'm going to kill everybody and then me at the end. It takes a real self-loathing to get there. Yeah, that's, yeah. And you know what sucks? What? He was such a good boy. He was such a good boy. That's <laughs> he the was thing. just such a good boy. Such a good boy. That's a smile up. There you go. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.